You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Nearly 8 million people in Canada live with chronic pain and left unresolved. This pain can lead to other long-term health issues. Today on our show, we have Rick Olderman, and we will be talking about integrative approaches to managing and relieving chronic pain. Rick is a sports and orthopedic physical therapist with more than 25 years experience that specializes in helping people with chronic pain experience a pain-free life. Rick has created downloadable video home programs to help people solve pain from head to toe. These programs include his pioneering approach that has helped solve hundreds of cases of chronic pain at his clinic for the last 10 years. Rick has a new book, Solving the Pain Puzzle, coming out this year, 2023, and he has posted a few chapters from that book on his website, rickolderman.com. We'll give you all the details of that at the end of the show. Here, people can have a listen or read, and they can also pre-order his book and find his home programs, as well as a lot of other free material. Rick is one of the top professionals in the United States when it comes to understanding recurring injuries and chronic musculoskeletal pain. He wants to enhance quality of life by helping people fix their pain once and for all. In the show, we talk about why medical providers seem to struggle with solving chronic pain, chronic or nagging pain, how we can use our daily habits to both correct pain and identify the cause of pain, and how we can use pain to solve our own pain. Stay with us. We will be back in a few minutes to talk with Rick. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back to the show. Today's show has been recorded, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at The Health Hub, RMC, on those locations. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, uh, you know, pain is something that we all suffer from uh, at one point in time or another. And, um, you know, I, I think that the the common thread here is that we've been attacking it wrong. And I think this is where you come in with all your research, your books, you're working with clients. Um, how did you get into this space? 
Uh, well, into the chronic pain space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, it was because of my failures as a physical therapist, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so I graduated from PT school and my first job out, you know, I was in a small rural clinic and I just was not helping anyone with any kind of chronic pain. I could help people with acute pain. All the things I learned in school applied to that, but it was like a different animal with chronic pain. I didn't understand what these new rules were. And so, uh, to be honest, Kathy, I, I was sunk into a deep depression for a few years. And, uh, and then when I moved to Denver, uh, I went to work at a, an exclusive health club downtown. And these were all like 20 to 60 somethings with lots of money and, you know, good education and all that kind of, and they had been to all the health care practitioners in Denver and they were all suffering with chronic pain issues too. And I thought, oh, it's not just me. It's, it's medicine in general is not doing well with chronic pain. And so I, I realized that I could either quit physical therapy or, or try and figure this out. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 25 years. And is it acute pain? Maybe we should define this. Um, acute pain is, is something that comes, goes away, and chronic pain basically stays with you for an overextended period of time. Um, is it acute pain turning into chronic pain, or are they two completely different animals? Well, they, they, they involve uh, other rules. Let's put it that way. So I, I, I've come to think of chronic pain as an acute issue that has lasted over many years. So at the, because at the, at the source of most chronic pain are some type of acute issue that hasn't been resolved correctly. And so, uh, the, you know, from that standpoint, they're both similar. The, you know, the definition of acute is anything three months or less. I don't know who came up with that de definition, but that's what's kind of working in medicine right now. But what I've learned with chronic pain is that, and, and with acute pain we, in medicine, we heavily rely on the body's internal systems to heal itself. You know, sprained or strained tissues can, can mend themselves. Broken bones can mend themselves. And so we rely on that. That's why we, you know, rest is often one of the prescribed things to do with an acute injury. But those things have already occurred with the chronic issues. You know, you've had the rest and it, your body should have healed. So what is stopping it? And usually what is stopping it are uh, there are uh, barriers that have that have kept the body from healing correctly. And these barriers are centered around how we're using our body, which is causing continual strain and dysfunction. So it's, it's a repetitive kind of issue. Can you group chronic pain into under one, you know, one big umbrella or is each pain sort of tackled in a different way? That's a great question. So I, I group, uh, so over the years, um, you know, I, I've owned my own, orthopedic clinic, and I've kind of uh, created a system of evaluation for the body. And so I basically broken down anything from the rib cage on down to the foot is a lower body system issue. And anything from the any pain, you know, above the waist is an upper body system issue. And for that, I, I, I evaluate the pelvis all the way up to the head. And for back pain on anything down to the foot, I evaluate the rib cage down to the foot. Now, uh, there's a question that I, maybe I, I, a little early in the conversation, but I wanted to ask it. 
Is pain a symptom? Uh, you know, obviously pain is something underlying. That's that's not right. But can chronic pain lead to other health issues as opposed to being a symptom of some underlying issue? If someone is not able to reduce their chronic pain, can it lead to other things? Well, I mean, the most obvious one is uh, anxiety, stress, depression, and things like that. Um, that becomes a feedback loop, right? That creates more chronic pain because those types of, um, I've, I've found over the years that those types of issues also create chronic pain, but it becomes the self-fulfilling loop. And with stress, then there's a disruption in your digestive system too, and heart and, and blood pressure, you know, all, all sorts of things like this. So by all means, yeah, chronic pain can lead to a lot of other different types of somatic, you know, symptoms. And as the medical profession goes, pain is treated, you know, there are pain clinics. Um, I, I don't know too much about them. Is it mostly a medicated um, avenue that they're going down or are there other things that the medical profession is trying to employ um, to manage pain? And then we'll talk about what you do that's that's different from that. Yeah, so pain clinics are typically about management. And so, you know, that's medications or steroid shots you know, things like that. Um, and by all means, you, you know, I, a lot of people talk about some conspiracy that must be happening in medicine where <laughs> doctors just want to prescribe, you know, medications and surgeons just want to do surgery. But I found quite the opposite. Um, most doctors and surgeons do not want to prescribe medications. The reason that this happens uh, too often is because almost all of the, their patients They've sent them to a conservative care specialist like a physical therapist or chiropractor or massage, and they failed all of those uh, those types of treatments. Mm -hmm. And so the doctors and surgeons have no other recourse than to try medication or surgery. Uh, but I haven't found any doctor that really wants to, you know, hey, let's load up these people on painkillers. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not how how it's really happening. It's I feel it's our failure in conservative care. That's driving that trend. Would is there a line that pain management just can't jump over? I mean, there are a lot of people in chronic pain. Um, what areas are you able to have a lot of success in, and where is where is the big limitation? Well, gosh, I mean, by areas, do you mean areas in the body? Areas in the about? body. Yeah. So anything from head to toe. I've had great success with. And it's because the reason uh, what I've learned about chronic pain is you have to have a systems approach. And my answer before wasn't really complete when I talked about I've broken the body into two zones, you know, a, a lower body and an upper body. Really, uh, the lower body issues feed pelvic and, and back pain. And so you, and pelvic and back pain and issues also feed down the lower body. So it's this loop that feeds itself. And the same with the upper body, pelvic rib cage and shoulder girdle issues feed neck pain and headaches, but that also creates a loop that feeds back down into the upper body system because the nerves that feed our arms and our legs come from our spine, right? So 
the the idea in medicine is that oh if you have any kind of neural symptoms in your hands or legs it must be coming from your spine well that's true but why is it happening in the spine and the reason it's originally happening in the spine in the first place is because of these systems issues in your legs or your rib cage or your shoulder girdle that's feeding into the spine that's then compressing these nerves and creating the ridiculous symptoms. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So, you know, is it the way we carry ourselves? Is it the result? Like for, for me, for instance, um, I've had a couple of broken legs. I was hit by a car and I have definite imbalances uh, accommodating. So is part of the relief of chronic pain learning the accommodations and trying to correct them? You would be a great physical therapist, Kathy. That's exactly. Oh. <laughs> I've had That's a exactly... lot of people look at this, this body of mine. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly what is going on. The, the problem is, is that in medicine and physical therapy, at least, we are trained in this component thinking where we look at your, say, back pain and we look at your structures in your back. And we might look at the pelvis, too. And some people might look at the knee or foot, but they don't really have a very complete or solid understanding of how the foot affects the back specifically or how the back is affecting the, the foot specifically. And so, you know, that that's what most people are missing. So you're absolutely right that it's, it's not only seeing that it's all connected, it's actually understanding precisely how it's all connected. And that's what our, we're not trained to understand that. Strangely, you would think that we would be, but we're not. So when someone comes in to see you, what can they expect to have happen? Well, uh, the evaluation starts when you walk to my table. And then uh, I evaluate everything. Like I said, if you're coming in for back pain, we're looking at everything from the rib cage on down to your foot because it all matters. And so... It's a very comprehensive exam, but it's not a long, detailed exam. In fact, uh, you know, I've trained a lot of therapists in, in this approach over the years, and, and their, their comments are that it's a much simpler way of looking at the body, but a much co more comprehensive way of looking at the body. And so what I've de developed over the years is a way to test multiple areas of the body with just one test, because I understand the ramifications of that one test and how it has a ripple effect throughout the body. So the exam is relatively quick, but it's very comprehensive. How do our daily, the way we do things, our daily habits contribute or delete from pain that we have? Yeah. So uh, uh, let me, I'll take you through a little back pain test right okay. now. And then, so you can understand the answer to that question. So uh, most people, you know, listening to this will have back pain or will have had back pain. So Back pain is due to two primary uh, patterns of problems. So we're going to test one of them right now. If everyone just lies down on the floor with your legs straight and a firm surface is better, if you can't get on the floor, then do it on your couch or your bed. But basically just lie down with your legs straight and feel what your back feels like in this position. You can even slide your hand underneath your low back if you like. And now, uh, now we're going to change your body position by bending your knees. And you can either have your feet flat on the floor or your knees hugged to your chest for this one, whichever feels better for you. And most people listening will say, oh, yeah, my back feels much better when my knees are bent. Right. And now also, if they felt 
in the low back area, they'll feel that, oh yeah, the low back is flatter. So therefore my back will feel better when it's flatter. Well, that's only part of the answer. So the second part of this test then is to have everyone stand up and listen for the next two or three minutes to uh, the podcast. And they'll notice that after about a minute or two that their knees are locked straight or backwards. And if you're not doing this already, go ahead and lock your knees straight backwards and feel what your back is feeling like in that position. And now unlock your knees just a tad and feel what just happened to your back. And if you're not sure, lock the knees one more time and you'll notice that when you lock your knees, your back is more arched and you actually feel more tension in that position. So, and when your knees are unlocked, your back feels less tension. So what is this telling us? Well, one of the fundamental patterns behind your back pain is that you either have too much arch in your back, this is what we learned on the floor, or there are too many forces trying to pull your back into an arch. And so what we've also learned is that when you're standing, your natural habit is to lock one or both of your knees, which then causes your back to arch. So this is how a, a behavior that you're doing unconsciously throughout the day can be contributing to your pain. So if you just simply start unlocking your knees when you're standing and walking, you'll probably notice a significant decrease in your back pain over the next one to three days. Hmm, That's really interesting. So a lot of the, so we're not talking here about accidents and structural damage that we're talking more about the musculature, the kinetic chain, that sort of thing, um, as opposed to an injury uh, say from a car accident where there's been damage done. Um, there are two, are they, I'm going to assume that there are two different paths that you go down. Um, I could be wrong in that. Well, here's the connection. Cause this is, this is why I'm never invited to testify in court <laughs> because uh, the assumption is that if you are pain free prior to an accident that you've had, that your body must be working perfectly. And it usually is not because it's a culmination of old genetics, old injuries, you know, training habits, all work history, all sorts of things have set up these asymmetries in your body that you're not aware of. Why are you not aware of them? Is because you have many redundant systems in your body that take over when, when other things fail. And so what happens with that accident is it exposes those vulnerabilities and you can't recover from those vulnerabilities because the larger systemic problems that created those vulnerabilities haven't been addressed in your treatment. And so this is the this is the where the structural issues join with the chronic issues. If you have a say a structural tear or disc bulge or herniation or whatever due to an accident, well it's there's nothing to say that that tear or bulge or herniation wasn't occurring prior to the accident. It just wasn't painful at that point. Got it. What is happening when we're overcompensating or compensating? Say well, uh, I have a leg injury and I'm I'm hobbling a little bit and or crutches are another great thing um, that people overcompensate on. What is happening here to keep us or get us out of whack? Yeah, so this is this is an adjustment your brain makes because we are very goal oriented in our societies. And so our goal is to get from A to B and do it the fastest, best, strongest, whatever way that we can. And uh, so our focus is getting from A to B, not so much how we're getting from A to B. 
And so what happens over time is that your brain makes these subtle adjustments to your to your function in order for you to get from A to B because that's where your primary focus is. If we if we didn't have so many distractions or weren't so competitive, maybe we'd start paying attention to how we're getting from A to B. And then those little hobbles that you're mentioning would stay in our forefront of our consciousness more often. And we'd figure out how to correct those and realize that these are problems that we need to correct. But because we're distracted most of the time, we don't bother with these because we're still able to get from A to B with very little or no pain, thanks to our brain's compensation patterns. So are these neural pathways the first thing that have to be attacked? Well, the neural pathways are there due to the physical problems. Right. So, uh, if you so fixing the physical pathways, f- physical problems will change the neural pathways that you're using. Got it. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, everybody. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. You are listening to the Health Hub. Here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. Rick, let's continue on the same line of conversation. Um, and, and, you know, from a personal point of view, I've been working with someone to try and correct my myriad of issues. Um, I've been active all my life and I've been, um, uh, I've suffered a lot of injuries due to it. And when we ended off talking about these neural pathways, it's so like, in my own personal opinion, it's so hard for me. One of the biggest things I've had to do is, you know, this is how you use your foot. Use your foot this way. And then it's like, okay, focusing hard on that and getting that practice and that, you know, that pattern down. Um, how is uh, the, the, the foot amazes me? Um, I know we talked about talking about the foot. It amazes me because I think that we do not appreciate how the foot is connected to the leg, the hip, the back, the neck. W- what do you think about all these interconnections and how we have to approach them? Well, they're all meaningful. And uh, my my feeling is most of the recommendations I give people aren't that difficult and don't require that, that level of scrutiny that, that you're describing for your foot. <laughs> so uh, really, you know, the foot is responding to forces coming down to it from above. And so that's something that has to be considered with how you're trying to change your foot. I'm not sure exactly what you're trying to do, but let me just give you an example. So uh, a common problem uh, that we run into is that our thigh bones are not all shaped the same. Some thigh bones are twisted outward, some are twisted inward. Uh, females typically have more of a, uh, a tendency to have their thigh bones twisted inward. This is called for more antiversion. And so you can imagine that if your thigh bones are tw- twisted inward and they're biased to do that, then your knees will also collapse in and your feet mm-hmm. will then also flatten more. They'll be more prone to flattening. But if you try to correct that just from a foot standpoint, then you're missing 90% of where the foot flattening is actually coming from, which is up the chain. So in the case of someone with antiverted femurs or thigh bones that are, are rotated inward excessively, uh, you have to have stronger butt muscles 
to slow down the internal rotation of that thigh bone. And so they kind of put the brakes on that whole system. And so if you're not activating your butt muscles well, then they're not decelerating the rotation of that inter- of that thigh bone rotation, which is then not decelerating the, the flattening of your foot or the pronation of your foot, causing problems in the foot and ankle. So, uh, and why would the butt be working? Well, it's usually because you're not walking correctly. And we mentioned a little while ago about the knee locking phenomenon. Well, the knee locking phenomenon doesn't only affect the back, it also affects the hip in that it turns off the butt muscles. And so if you're walking with your knees locked, then you're turning off the butt muscles, which is the primary controller of your thigh bone. And if your thigh bone isn't, isn't controlled well, well, that's half of the knee joint. And if your knee joint isn't controlled well, well, that connects down to the foot and then doesn't control. <laughs> I think the there's a song well in here. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, if, if we work together, Kathy, we might be able to come up with something. So, so anyway, uh, this is how, this is why, and, and then the foot also feeds up to the hip. So let's say you have a really flat foot and it has a tendency to collapse in. Well, then what's happening is then the lower leg bone is rotating in excessively, which is pulling the knee in, which is pulling the whole thigh bone and internally rotating it excessively, which then causes impingement problems and tracking problems in the hip joint. That then also causes one of the pelvic bones to rotate forward, creating an asymmetrical pelvis and uh, spine response. So, you know, it, it goes down as well as goes up. And that's what, you know, when I hear a lot of people talking about the body, it's, it's usually in this unidirectional mm-hmm. capacity, but it's, a, it's bidirectional. You have to understand how things work going down as well as up to wherever you're talking about. Well, just a little aside here, because I'm I'm giggling to myself as you're going through with the knees collapsing and the butt and everything. I've started doing some lifting and I've been doing it for a few months now. And I go back and I, I look at videos of my, I, I swear, I don't know how, how I didn't have bruises on the inside of my knees because I would go to lift up, my knees would come in and I, I have been working very hard. And someone explained that to me that, you know, the glute muscles are really important. So, I mean, you're preaching here to the choir and I totally understand. And I'm not working from a pain standpoint, more of a corrective standpoint, but, uh, it's a whole system. We keep coming back to this at every aspect of health. It's a whole system mm-hmm. and one feeds into the other. What are the most common pain um, pains you are working with and dealing with? Well, you know, uh, locking the knees uh, is something is, is one of the habits that not only creates back pain, hip pain, it also creates knee issues and foot issues. So that's, that's a big issue. So Usually in the clinic, what I would see is a lot of back and sciatic pain. And so what I'd like to, to, to mention, we just t- touched on this briefly, is the most common. So we've already described one of the most common patterns behind most back pain, but it's one of two common patterns. And the second common pattern is the one that causes most back pain that's only happening on one side of the back or sciatic pain or SI joint pain. If you want, we can go over that Absolutely. or we can go into a different direction. That sound good? Okay. Yep. So the the so the first pattern that we talked about was a back that is too arched or has too many forces trying to pull it into an arch. Locking the knees, you've learned, is one of the habits that you're doing that's contributing to that excessive arching. The second pattern that's most common with unilateral back pain, sciatic pain, is something I call a side bending problem. And that means that one side of the pelvis is higher, and the, usually the same side of the rib cage is lower. And so you can imagine if you visualize this, that one side of the pelvis is 
higher and the rib cage is lower on that same side, that it looks like a side bending problem. So these are usually uh, misdiagnosed as leg length discrepancies. And because the ones, because you're standing there and one side of your pelvis is higher, well, oh, well, you must have a, a difference in your leg length. Absolutely not. I can probably count on one hand the number of true leg length discrepancies I've seen in my career. And it's usually always a compensation pattern. So when this happens, if the side of the pelvis that's higher, usually in 80 to 90% of the cases, that's due to some older problem on that side of the body in the legs. And what your body, what your brain is doing, we talked about neural pathways a, a moment ago, it's tapping into an old reflex we're born with, call, born with called a, a withdrawal reflex pattern. And so you can watch these videos on YouTube for babies if they put a foot down and they withdraw the foot because it's an unpleasant stimulus. Well, they're not just bending their knees, they're contracting their whole waist uh, to get their foot off of that. And that's what a, a withdrawal reflex pattern is. So you can imagine that if you're, you've got a pebble in your shoe, your body, your brain's going to figure out a way to get off of that pebble. Mm-hmm. And, and yet you still have to get from A to B. So it's going to create these compensations that we talked about earlier to get off of there. Well, over time, that pattern just stays and it causes more compression on the nerve roots and that side of the spine and the sciatic nerve. And that's what, what develops sciatic pain or unilateral back pain or SI joint pain and all sorts of things. Uh, can you treat pain alone or is this a group of practitioners, a chiropractor that has to do an adjustment, you that's coming in to do a type of physio readjustment or physio uh, muscle correction? Do we need a group or uh, do we need a village for this or can you help with just what you're doing, not just, but with what you're doing? No, in fact, you don't even need me. Uh, The whole premise of what I'm, of what I figured out over these years is how we can fix ourselves. You don't need me to help you unlock your knees when you're walking. You know what I'm saying? You don't need me to make your butt muscles turn on when you're walking. It's you that has control of your body. And your lack of awareness and lack of control is what's causing your pain. I'm only showing you what where those uh, problem points are and how to solve them. And once you do, I mean, this is, I mean, my books have proven this. I've written these books maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And I'm still, you know, getting tons and tons of great reviews of people, you know, just, wow, I can't believe this helped me so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't even touch them. I'm just giving information. So, you know, actually don't, you shouldn't need anyone to do anything to you if you understand how your body works and you can solve these things yourself. That's the whole premise of the fixing you approach is it's you fixing you not me. It's interesting. Yeah. Point to show the man the water, right? And he can go fishing on his own uh, or something like that. Um mm-hmm. There is an adage to work through pain. Um, is that something that you agree with or something you don't agree with, or is it somewhere in the middle? Well, it depends on what your definition of work is. So I definitely don't agree with no pain, no gain. However, pain can be a teacher. And so if you do have pain, you, it's your body trying to teach you that, hey, this is an area that you need to focus on to fix and I'm trying to show you that there's a problem here. And so rather than running away from pain, you should sit, be able to sit down and think about it. Well, the problem is, is that you haven't been taught how to think about your pain and, and how to go about figuring this out. And that's what my programs do is help you figure out why you're having pain and solve those problem areas. So 
that may be thought of as work. And if that's work, then yes, we definitely have to work to, to fix our pain. But it shouldn't be this strenuous, arduous, I've had 20 years of pain, so I'm gonna it's going to take me 20 years to fix this. Pain is a signal that something is wrong in your body right now. If you solve that problem right now, your pain will go away because we have the, all the internal mechanisms in our body to, to heal whatever damaged tissue there is. So if you're not targeting, you know, in the fix you method that you have, if you're not specifically, or are you, are you specifically, is there a category back pain, go here, neck pain, go here, or is it, are the steps the same for each and every type? Yeah. So I've, I've got five different programs right now and, and there's a back pain, a hip pain, a knee pain, a foot pain, and then a neck pain and, and headaches. Well, there's a lot of carryover in the back, the hip, knee, and foot programs because it all works together as a system. Mm-hmm. So there's, there are only subtle differences between those programs that focus most directly on, say, the hip versus the knee. The neck pain and headaches uh, system is a completely different system than the lower body system. And so that is a completely different approach. But... Uh, you know, for instance, my back pain program will solve almost all lower body problems as they relate to back pain. So that's that's how those work. Okay. Are we ever too far gone? No, never. We're 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 always closer than than people think. And this is the thing, is that the problem is that people are not getting the right information because everyone, all of their practitioners have looked at them from this component thinking standpoint trying to isolate tissues that are damaged and treating those tissues rather than treating the system. If you treat the system, and I'll, I'll just give you a case example. Uh, I had a woman come into my clinic with 15 years of back pain. She was a division one collegiate swimmer, lost her scholarship because of her back pain. No one could solve it. 15 years later, she comes into my clinic for plantar fasciitis. She didn't even want me to, to look at her back because she had given up on it. No one had ever been able to fix her back. And she was in so much pain, I couldn't even evaluate her. She, she was just racked with pain. And so fortunately, because I understand how the body works, I just put two little pieces of tape behind her knees and said, come on back in a few days. And when she did, she was 75% better, not only in her back pain, but also her plantar fasciitis. And this is the power of understanding things from a system standpoint is that small changes can make huge uh, have rip, have huge ripple effects throughout the body if you understand how everything works. Well, I think giving people the hope for that because it is very, you know, it's human nature to back away from pain, right? So, um, which would mean, you know, if you're limping, the muscles are uh, tightening on one side, loosening on another side. Um, are you encouraging people to for movement, like movement is a key piece as far as I'm concerned for getting these issues rectified, because I think what we tend to do is shy away from it hurts. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a different way. So is movement a key piece of what you're talking about here? Oh, by all means, because movement is the cause of your pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, how you're using your body is the ultimate cause. So you have to change how you're moving to solve it. Unfortunately, uh, the, the ways that we are ta- being taught movement, uh, there's an incomplete understanding about how the body works together as a system 
that isn't included in a lot of those teachings. And so this is why some things help a little bit or some things help temporarily. Uh, and it's only because you there's not a complete answer there. And so that's what I've been drilling down into for these past 25 years is figuring out movement. And also, you know, going into movement, you know, there there are neurological patterns of dysfunction that occur in our bodies too. So these patterns are happening from head to toe. The neurological issues are usually based on uh, how our brain is controlling our body or stress patterns or, you know, responses to allergens and molds and things like that, that cause inflammation in patterns of neurological connections in the body. So movement can help unlock these larger patterns of dysfunction that are feeding your back or hip or neck or whatever pain. And in fact, most people, I recommend that they start with these neurological pattern um, release pattern exercises to see if they've got a larger pattern of, of, of issues feeding this that's purely neurologically based mm -hmm. rather than biomechanically based. Because if we stop moving, we stop, right? Um, we're, you know, I, I know we're coming to the end of the show, and this is probably too big of a question, but you look at a baby and you look at how a baby walks and what has, has happened? Why are we not walking properly? Why are we not sitting properly? What has happened? I don't have a, as much of an issue with how we're sitting as I do with how we're walking because walking is the, is the primary, no one got out of my clinic without learning how to walk if they had any back or anything down through their foot, because walking is, is central to the problem. And so what happens is if you watch a baby walk, you'll never see them locking their knees and you'll, you'll, and you don't see babies wearing thick soled, soled shoes either. Uh -huh. So as, as we put thick soled shoes on, it allows us to strike our heels more strongly. And when we strike our heels more strongly, our foot is then out in front of our body when we're, when we're foot striking. Well, that then causes the knee to lock. If the knee is locked at foot strike, then there's no reason for your butt muscles to turn on. And so this starts to set up the whole pattern of dysfunction that's occurring in the whole lower body system in the back. So wearing, it, it, you'll notice this if you walk out on a hard piece of concrete for 20 steps in your bare feet and then put on your, your tennis shoes you'll notice that you're walking much differently in your bare feet than in your tennis shoes. Well, that's closer to how your body is designed to be walking rather than how than the strong uh, heel strike pattern that you're using because of these thick soled shoes that you're wearing. So is walking in your bare feet one step in the right direction? So to speak. <laughs> so to speak. Um, unfortunately, we're against the clock here. And I, there are so many other questions I'd love to ask. Where can people find you, get your books, all that important stuff? Yeah, if you just go to rickolderman.com, I've got a new book I just released for of case studies over the last 25 years of helping people. And it kind of shows these, it talks about how I help people with these with these ideas but I've also got my downloadable home programs there as well. And I've also got a practitioner's training course there as well for Wonderful. practitioners who want to learn to solve pain like this. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Rick. This is, you know, it's, it's always such an interesting conversation to me when we understand movement, movement patterns um, and how they affect the body. I really appreciate you coming to the show. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure, Kathy. I could have talked to you for hours. <laughs> Maybe we'll do another one. We'll focus on something next time, a different type of pain. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub.
You have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.